0: I'm Andrew Schweitzer, and you're listening to the Boxing for Free podcast. It's been a while since you've heard my voice. Uh, lasted a podcast uh, at the end of June, so a little over a month. And the reason for that was I've been overworked uh, at my place of employment. Uh, it's very hard to keep good people on my shift, and it's, uh, it's not easy on me when they ask me to work six days in a week for a 10-hour shift, and then oh, you know, the person who was supposed to be covering your days off, well, they've quit, so we really need you to come in. Uh, yeah, I actually was planning to do a podcast one of these days, and, uh, unfortunately, work gets in the way, and I need money to live instead of podcast to live, which is a pity because I don't mind doing podcasts to live. But anyway, I'm back doing the podcast, and, uh, Hopefully I can try to keep on a, a standard schedule for these, but uh, without any further ado, let's uh, get into the news. Floyd Mayweather might be fighting Andre Berto for his farewell fight. It's like I took the wrong week to quit drinking. What started out as a bad joke has turned into... Well, it's still a very bad joke. Who is asking for Andre Berto... Really, who 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 out there, aside from Andre Berto, was saying I'd like to see Floyd Mayweather fight Andre Berto? You know, I obviously after the Pacquiao fight, you're thinking, well, who after who who is really the best person to be Floyd Mayweather's final opponent? Maybe a rematch with Miguel Cotto, maybe Gennady Golovkin, maybe he'll test himself that way. No. It's frickin' Andre Berto. I'm going to give you people a little history lesson, and this is for those of you who are maybe younger, don't know too much about boxing history. You see, back in 1987, there were rumors that the retired fighter known as Sugar Ray Leonard, you might have heard that name before, that he was going to come out of a three-year retirement and that he was eventually going to fight Marvin Hagler. And people said to Ray, so, like, who's the tune-up guy going to be? And Ray Leonard, who hadn't fought at a championship level since 82, uh, he said, oh, there is no tune-up fight. I'm going after Hagler right away. I don't care what you say. That's frickin' ballsy. Floyd Mayweather, the best pound-for-pound fighter in the world, saying, I'm going to fight Andre Berto, is not ballsy. It's just, um... Okay, well, better not have to pay too much for this. And that leads into the next point. The rumor is that this is going to air for free on CBS so that everybody can see it. Ugh. Okay, granted, after all the people who felt robbed after paying for the Pacquiao fight, I can kind of understand why you're doing it that way, but... What you also have to figure is Floyd better knock this dude out if it's actually taking place because if it's just another 12 round decision people will say, well, you know what's the big deal over this Floyd mayweather guy what's so great about him exactly uh it's I, uh, it, it, it it pains me. It really pains me to talk about this because, well, Christ, this is a sport I love, and I'm trying to, you know, get myself excited to talk about it, but I can't. It's very, very painful. Uh, Yeah, there's not much more I want to say about this, except I hope that eventually this turns out to be a nightmare, and I wake up, and it's like, oh, Mayweather's not fighting Berto. That that was all just a bad dream, and but doesn't look that way. Moving on, Sergei Kovalev did exactly what he was supposed to do against Najib Mohamedi and knocked him out in three rounds. Muhammadi really wasn't in this fight. It, this was just all Kovalev, and he's just been so dominating. I mean. Pascal did have some good moments against against him in their previous fight, but against Mohamedy, it was just a uh, re- return to form. Dominant, powerful punching, Sergey Kovalev. So the real question is, who's next for him? Uh, he's mentioned that he would like to fight Andre Ward if Ward is ever going to move out of the super middleweight division, but uh, according, to <clears throat> according to Ward's uh, trainer, Virgil Hunter, that's not going to happen anytime soon. There are rumors that it, Kovalev's next opponent might be Artur Beterbiev, but personally, I think that Beterbiev might need a few more belts—or sorry, he might need a few more fights under his belt. He's only had nine, and he's won all of them by knockout. But I don't know. I think he might just need a bit more experience if he's going to think about challenging Sergey Kovalev. Moving on. Now, this next story. Uh, You know, I I talked about the Floyd Mayweather-Andre Berto fight being a bad dream, but I think this is a nightmare. Shane Mosley is coming out of retirement to have a rematch that nobody asked for against Ricardo Mayorga. I'm taking this little pause because obviously there must be a lot of people cheering for this. Oh, wait, no, nobody's going to cheer this fight. Oh, my God. Shane, Ricardo, like is it coincidence that your rents do at the same time and you just decide, hey, you know, we'll we'll fight each other and make some money. Holy crap, this is dreadful. And what's really sad about it is that you'd think that Mosley would be smarter than this. He retired uh, back in 2013 uh, in November, November of 2013, after he was stopped for the first and only time in his career by Anthony Mundine, and you you would think that Shane w- would be smarter knowing, okay, I'm in my my mid-40s. I don't need this. I, I shouldn't have to do this. I can be a trainer. I can do whatever I want. I have... You know, I've only won one fight out of my previous six. Yeah, go back and look at Shane Mosley's record. He has won only one fight out of his previous six. The last one he won was uh, against uh, somebody named Pablo Cesar Cano. Who cares? You know, he had no business fighting Sergio Mora, Manny Pacquiao, Alvarez. I mean, I thought Ricardo Mayorga, or Ricardo Mayorga retired a couple years ago after the Miguel Cotto fight, but no, he's been fighting since 2014 against people that he should be beating, people with abysmal records, but who cares? Oh, I really hope that no major network picks this up because this is just a terrible fight that the boxing public does not deserve. What we do deserve and what we are getting is David Lemieux versus Gennady Golovkin. Judges need not apply. Yeah, Yeah, it was announced this week that Lemieux was going to be fighting Gennady Golovkin in a middleweight unification title fight. Lemieux, as you know, picked up the IBF title uh, last month and Golovkin's held the WBA title for the past uh, 11 or 12 fights, something like that. Oh this is going to be a very good fight. Uh, I am a bit surprised that Lemieux's people were that eager for Golovkin. I remember reading that Lemieux was thinking, uh, of making uh defense of his title first and then sort of, uh, taking on Golovkin, but no, they want to do this right away. It makes sense that Golovkin would want to do that. Everybody complains that, um, A lot of his opponents are just nobodies who really have no business in the ring with him. Willie Monroe is a great example. and uh, Also, there are people out there who do want to fight him, but uh, his team don't want to make that happen. Arislandi Lara has come out and said, I've challenged Golovkin, and Golovkin's trainer has said, Well, we don't want to fight Lara because we just don't think that Lara is a big attraction. And again, Willie Monroe, anybody? But uh, no, I'm very excited about the Lemieux versus Golovkin fight. Should be very exciting. Hopefully, a lot of fireworks. More of this, please. Okay, and uh, last sort of bit of news that we've got Bernard Hopkins. Because again, I guess that I can't uh, have a news story about old men who keep going for some inexplicable reason. Although in Hopkins' case, you know, he can be a bit forgiven because he's done so well for a man of his age, but Bernard Hopkins is thinking of challenging Arthur Abraham for the WBO super middleweight title. Don't call it a comeback. As you know, after he lost two fights for uh after he lost two fights to Jermaine Taylor, Hopkins uh, he jumped across uh, the super middleweight division and immediately went to light heavyweight. And defeated Antonio Tarver soundly for the championship, but a lot of people wondered, you know, like what if Hopkins had gone to super middleweight? Well, he's going to, or he's thinking of doing it against Arthur Abraham. Uh, Hopkins, you know, he wants to go out with one more big victory, one farewell fight for 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 good this time. But is Abraham really the best? if if i can be quite honest it, arthur abraham has not had, had you know any big luster to his name since since the carl froch fight you know the durrell fight really exposed him in my opinion and then after the carl froch fight it's like wow what the hell happened i mean he looked good for a little bit against andre ward but then ward took over the fights <sighs> And yeah, I mean, yeah, he's, you know, had, he's made several defenses of the WBO title. He's had a lot of fights uh, in Europe, but, you know, he, he was, he didn't he ever became the big star that we thought he would, you know, maybe five years ago or something when, before the Super Six tournament started anyway. And come on, why, why go after Arthur Abraham if he isn't the best super middleweight out there, Bernard? I know that you said you'd never fight Andre Ward, but then again, why not go after the best super middleweight in the world out there? Or why not try to make a fight with Adonis Stevenson, maybe? Nobody's looking forward to his next fight against a a who-gives-a-crap fighter. So, yeah, Hopkins versus Abraham, I'm not that interested. Hopkins has indicated that he would be interested in fighting Golovkin also, but... I don't know, maybe retirement is just the best thing for now. Anyway, enough news, who wants a movie review? Yesterday I watched the movie Southpaw, starring Jake Gyllenhaal, uh, Forrest Whitaker, 50 Cent, and Rachel McAdams. This is the story of Billy the Kid Hope, a fictional boxer who struggles with uh, battles in and out of the ring after the murder of his wife, which is never solved. You know, I really wanted to like this movie a lot. You know, I saw the previews and I I thought, oh, this, this looks pretty good. And then it's, well... You know what, how about I give my take on what critics are apparently saying? Critics and audiences agree. Well, which critics? And, um, for that matter, if they all agreed with what you're about to say, how come the film only has a 59% rating on Rotten Tomatoes, and how come it only debuted at number 5 at the box office? It's a valid question. Southpaw is an emotional powerhouse. Uh maybe if you're completely dead to emotions which okay yeah maybe i am it's the most triumphant movie of the summer no that award actually goes to terminator genesis because for as awful and dumb as that movie was i was still able to enjoy it and have a good time seriously it's a real guilty pleasure movie but it's fun if you don't take it too serious Jake Gyllenhaal is phenomenal. And you know what? For the most part, I think Jake Gyllenhaal did do a very good job in this. The only problem is I did not find the character of Billy the Kid Hope very... Or wait, not Billy the Kid, but Billy the Great Hope. I didn't find uh, that character to be very likable at all. I just, you know, I just didn't like him that much. It's not that Gyllenhaal did a bad job or anything. It's just that there wasn't a lot to the character. Southpaw is The Ultimate Comeback Story. I'm sorry, do you know what The Ultimate Comeback Story would be? A movie about when Buster Douglas knocked out Mike Tyson in Tokyo, Japan back in 1990. Why has nobody made that movie yet? That will have you standing and cheering. There was no standing or cheering in this movie, or at least from the audience's participation. The only uh, standing that they did do was when the credits started to roll. They stood and walked out. This is by no means a bad movie, but at the same time, I think I was just expecting a bit more from it. It suffers from a bit of ridiculousness. Uh, There is, at one point, uh, Billy loses his title. He loses a fight for the first time. Billy is this this champion in the light heavyweight division, 43-0, which kind of had me, you know, hmm. You know, when was the last time a white fighter with no real concept of defense was able to make it to 43-0? and 0? In today's day and age, really? Hmm. Hmm. Anyway, uh, he loses a fight, and then he finds out that his trainer is immediately going to go work with uh, another champion in the light heavyweight division, and I thought, well... This seems this seems like something out of wrestling. Like, oh no, my trainer has left me for my main rival who I must face now in the big pay-per-view, which is exactly like a wrestling storyline. <laughs> and uh Okay, uh Victor Ortiz is in the movie, and thankfully he doesn't have that many lines or scenes as his billing might lead you to believe. Thank God. Um, I'm trying to think about what else. Oh, yeah, the I don't think that there was any real consultant on this film because think about it, they've got some people, some boxing people in here. They got 50 Cent, who's granted his boxing promotion has filed for bankruptcy. And so is he. <clears throat> they've got Luda Bella. They've got Victor Ortiz. They've got Tony Weeks and I think a few other referees in there. So how come the scoring for the fight at the end is, it it just doesn't make sense? Because Billy gets knocked down uh, in the fight, then uh, the opponent, uh, his opponent uh, gets knocked down, also has a point taken away for low blows, despite the referee not giving him a single warning throughout the fight that we saw anyway. I'm sorry, if you're gonna, you know, like, oh, this was important, maybe you should show that he got warned before. And then at the end the scores for the fight are 115 to 113, 115 113, 116 to 112. I'm sitting there like, that's not right. That's not what the score should be if if one fighter had a point taken away and they each lost a point for getting knocked down. Come on. Do some damn research, you idiots. Uh By no means is like I said, by no means is this a bad movie, but um if it does have one major flaw, it is this. This movie is called Southpaw and not one of these fighters is a Southpaw. That is the first thing I notice It's like, okay, it's called Southpaw and the fight's already like the, the movie's already started and both of these guys are in an orthodox stance. There are two Southpaw fighters in this movie. One is Victor Ortiz. The other is a kid who dies. We don't see the kid die, and, um. It's just kind of like, he died. I'm sad for a little bit. Okay, time to fight. Uh. Ghost. You know what? I'd give this movie two and a half. Which is. You know, I gave Terminator Genesis three out of five stars. But, uh you know what? You might like it. Maybe I'm just, maybe I just had higher expectations, but uh, yeah, Hollywood just needs to try harder. We hope you enjoyed the latest edition of the Boxing for Free podcast. You can find us online at www.boxingforfree.com. That's boxing, the number four, free.com. Twitter.com slash boxing for free. Be like Lundy Lara, Robert Guerrero, Berman Stiverne, Milorad Zizek, Adonis Stevenson, Glenn Johnson. Wow, that's a lot of famous boxers and hundreds of others. And follow us on Twitter. Go to YouTube.com slash boxing for free and like us on Facebook. Go to Facebook.com slash boxing for free page. You can subscribe on iTunes, Podbean, and several other podcast directories. If you use iTunes, give us a review and let everyone know that the Boxing for Free podcast is your source for boxing news and commentary. I'm Andrew Schweitzer. Thank you for listening, and we hope you tune in next time.